Hello, and welcome to Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with actress Lyrica Okano and filmmaker Seth McTeague. That's coming up on Endeavors. Happy Wednesday. Um, apologies for not getting a show up this last couple weeks. I have been very busy planning for my relocation to Scotland. Uh, I will be doing a working holiday in Edinburgh for August and then traveling in September and then coming back to Canada to Toronto for some film stuff and then hopefully going back to Edinburgh or the UK on a more permanent basis after that. So needless to say, uh, my attention span has been elsewhere and I've been a little preoccupied with booking a flight, trying to find housing, you know, all those things when you decide to jump across the Atlantic Ocean. But uh, I do have full citizenship so I am not bound by any specific time frame in terms of how long I have to stay in in any given country. I can kind of come and go, which which was the plan. It's been, well, it was about a three-year process, two and a half, three-year process, all told, to get my British citizenship. Um, and then I started, I got that in December and then started applying for jobs, I guess, April, May, after I'd finished my latest film project and then got one, which is only a month, but it's a good first job. I'll be working at the, uh, fringe, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is super, super exciting. So, short story long, that is why I was not really around much to last week and a half, but I've got a good show this week, uh, and I will have a good show next week as well, and then hopefully I'll be able to uh, bank some stuff for when I go over and, you know, but it, there, there might be a, a little bit of a gap as I try to you know, um, get settled and everything. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to update everybody on sort of 
what was going on, I guess. Because uh, there might be uh, a few changes to the show, you know, in, in the next couple of months as I just try to balance a new job and a new country and a new city, new life, all that fun stuff. But, um, you know, I still want to continue doing this as much as I can. But, uh, yeah, we will see where the road leads, as they say. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode today, just given the interviews that I had, and then we'll, I'll have a longer um, feature interview next week, which I will um, get into kind of as a, as a promo at the end of the show. Uh, but as I mentioned off the top, my guests are actress Lyrica O'Connor and filmmaker Seth McTeague. And if you're a Marvel, a Marvel fan, you would best remember Lyrica O'Connor as Nico Minoru in the series Runaways, but she is also appeared in the great indie film Pimp, uh, as well on episodes of Blue Bloods, Magnum P.I., and Chicago P.D. And, and I broke this news story that it was already on her IMDb, but she will be reprising the role of Nikuminoru in a voice capacity in the video game Midnight Suns, uh, which is a uh, video adaptation of different sort of that's set in the Marvel Universe and uh, and looks at the dark side and features several different characters, including that of Nico Minoru. She's also in the lovely new independent film, Press Play, which is like, it's a kind of, a, it's a rom-com that's set to a great uh, indie soundtrack. It's about this young woman who has this picture-perfect romance uh with her boyfriend but then after but then after he is in an accident she discovers that the mixtape they made together on cassette tape no less um has the ability to transport her back in time and if you had another shot at changing things would you it stars Clara Rugard Lewis Pullman, Matt Walsh, and Danny Glover, yes. And Lyrica O'Connor plays the role of Chloe in the film. And I got to speak with her 
couple weeks ago. This is me and Lyrica O'Connor. Lyrica, hello. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Yay. Uh, so you have a new film out. Um, press play. I had a chance to see it uh, last night. Yay. Um, your character, Chloe, is kind of like the matchmaker a little bit, I guess. Kind of. Uh, she is. <laughs> All the way. How, how would you describe that character? Chloe, she is just full of fun. Um, she is Laura's very close best friend. And she also happens to be Harrison's stepsister. And Chloe, she's just the life of the party. And she she loves the boys. And she oh. also loves the idea of getting her best friend yeah, and you. her stepbrother together. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, you know, it's funny, this, the whole, uh, I guess the whole getting together starts over the, the artist Japanese breakfast, um, yes. who, who has a, who has a cameo appearance in the film. Um, were you a fan of her going, going into the, going into the film? Oh, yes, yes. Um, like, I think originally when I read the script and auditioned for for the role, I don't think Japanese Breakfast was, uh, I don't think they were written to play that scene, but I think something worked out, magic happened. And then on set, Greg told me that, oh, we're thinking of bringing in Japanese Breakfast to play the scene where Laura and Harrison pretty much fall in love. What do you think? And I was like, what do you, how did you do that? <laughs> and there, he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, they're amazing. I love Japanese Breakfast. Um, and he was like, I guess we just pulled some strings and, um, yeah. And then I, I got to, I, I ran into them in the hotel. They saw me. I think I freaked them out. Cause I looked really just too, way too excited to see them. I didn't say anything, just kind of hovered in the background and just stared at them in the elevator. Um, and then I had the lovely opportunity to have dinner with them, with the cast and crew. So that was amazing. Um, you know, I, I know that your your family ha has a bit of a musical background. Um, uh, is that something that drew you to, to this film was the fact that how, how music just draws us all together? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool that you you know that. Uh, yeah. My dad, he was in a, a punk rock band and my mom was a pop singer in Japan. Um, and yeah, I just grew up listening to like Nirvana, Rolling Stones, Beatles, um, the Velvet Underground. Um, so I was always a music lover. And I think that definitely drew me to the script. Um, not only is it a love story, not only is it there's time travel, but there's music and it's incorporated so beautifully in, in this love story that I, I don't think I've ever seen anywhere before. So, yeah. Have you thought about what would be on your playlist or mix um, yeah my playlist um definitely japanese breakfast um mitski and like 
my playlist is it's just dark like if you see all of my spotify playlists it's pretty depressing stuff um yeah like my friends would always kind of be like yeah no wonder you're always wearing black and you're all gloomy and stuff it's because you just you're listening to sad music bro and i'm like yeah it's probably true um i probably have nirvana and probably the beatles um and fiona apple and just like a lot of 90s stuff if you had the power to time travel yeah would you and would you go forward or back i would not go forward <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> want to go forward i i want to go i think i'd want to go back but i don't think I, I would change anything um yeah i don't think i would change anything i would try to let the butterfly effect just stay where it's at and not touch that because yeah that's scary <laughs> is there a decade or or a year that you you weren't alive and that you would like to go back to ah uh... Yeah, but I probably wouldn't, I, I probably want to be like, <laughs> this is probably, I probably would, I'd, I'd want to be like a, a white person if I were to travel back too far in time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think for me personally, I like where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. Now, if someone told you that they had that ability, like as as you see in the film what would you do how would you react um oh like if laura were to come up to me and be like i have a tape recorder i can travel back in time i would say careful <laughs> i would say tell me all about it tell me what you <laughs> see tell me all about it but like just don't touch anything don't talk to anybody just tell me what it was like um, and I got to ask you about working with Danny Glover. Oh, yeah. Danny Glover. What a legend. I, I didn't even know that he was um, going to play Cooper. I think that happened pretty quickly while we were already on the island. And I remember Greg, the director, was talking to me about who might play Cooper. And he was like, yeah, Danny Glover. And I'm like, are you is that allowed? <laughs> I was like, it's like that, it's going to be that kind of a movie. He's like, yeah. I was like, go for it. That's awesome. And yeah, he was, it was amazing to have him on set with us and just, yeah, like I'm just a nervous person. So if I, if I, if I'm around anyone like that, I just try to keep to myself and not bother them. So I didn't have too much of an opportunity to talk with him, but he's, he's amazing. It's, it's amazing to watch him from afar. And you got to shoot on Hawaii, which must have been pretty fun hanging out in, on the tropics for all that time. Yeah, it doesn't really get any better than that. Um, yeah. And for two and a half months, like we were there and we, we got to travel all around Hawaii and yeah, just beautiful, beautiful beaches and water and beautiful people. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite scene that you enjoyed shooting? Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't really a part of this scene very much, but I was there 
because I think my character was technically in scene, but like I think I was mostly behind the screen just kind of watching what was going on in the monitors. And it was the scene where Laura, she she spills over the stuff on the table in the record store. There's a party happening and she's I think there's like a time warp that happens and she's getting pulled up into like the air and just the way they did that and the shot it was so amazing to witness because I was like wow this is that's really I didn't think that that was possible to shoot it that way and it looked amazing so I just remember that that was really cool uh and finally I know that you're headed back into the Marvel Universe um am I (laughs) wait is it I don't don't know if I'm allowed to say oh well Well, I mean I guess you know whatever yeah Uh, I mean the way I will phrase it is it would be so cool if my character were to come back to the universe has it been announced well I'm the IMDb lists Midnight Suns so well there you go IMDb (laughs) you're right okay so yes Nico does come back (laughs) she is she does come back uh she's it's a video game. Mm-hmm. She's there. What do you, what do you, I mean, it's just a voice role, but what do you, what do you like most about Nico and what did you miss most about her? Oh, um, just, I like personally, I mean, apart from being able to do all the cool stunts and hold the cool staff of one, I think what I liked most about playing her was being able to play around with sitting in a vulnerable state but also being very very powerful while doing it and also being 16 and in full goth makeup was really fun (laughs) um yeah and I just I missed that show it was really it was such a good time it was my first big job and um yeah she felt really close to me so I, I I missed that project and um I got really lucky to play her again in Midnight Suns uh, and finally, wow, you... I was acting all coy about the Midnight Suns and it's just up there in IMDb. Yeah, it's, it says announced or what does it say? Yeah, it's oh, OK. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, or it says, yeah, um, it's just right there. Um, and finally, quickly, uh, what do you want people to take away from when they see press play? Um, I. I think for me, what I took away from this film was a pretty clear message of um, enjoy every moment that you have with the people that you love um, because, you know, not to put a sad twist to it, but it you just never know when's going to be the last time. When's the last shot that you're going to get to do that? So yeah, enjoy every moment, be in it. And also if you like music, like watch this because that would be really fun to do too. <laughs> Perfect. Erica O'Connell, thanks so much for your time this morning. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Katrina. That was my conversation with actress Lyrica O'Connell. She co-stars in the new film, Press Play. You can find it now on Apple TV. V. Well, from comedy and romance, we move to kind of a thriller drama film with Take the Night. 
And this is the first feature from writer-director Seth McTeague. He has made several short films, including Turn Signal, Trekkie Loves Becky, Mom, Blueprint, Rem, and Man's Best. And in addition to being the writer, director, and producer of Take the Night, uh, he also stars as one of the lead roles of Chad. And the film is... I, I enjoyed the film's dark humor. It's about the, these two brothers who take over a, an organization after their father passes away. Uh, and for the birthday of the younger one, the older brother organizes a prank kidnapping, but he hires real career criminals and who kind of have plans of their own in terms of what to do. Uh, it's... It, it's a kind of a, a great little twist on a lot of genre films. Um, and it's also about brotherly love in a way. You know, uh, Seth McTeague's character, Chad, works with his brother, Todd. Uh, and then also, of course, the, the brothers in the, uh, the brothers who are the targets in the film, uh, William and Robert. And uh, Seth also worked on the film with, with his brother, uh, Todd who is the name of the, the brother character in the film uh, as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, uh, I, I loved the, the, the great pacing and just kind of the twist on a lot of these genre movies that we've seen in the past. Anyway... This is my conversation with filmmaker Seth McTeague. How you doing, Seth? How's it going? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. So you have Take the Night out. Um, and I know this is your, your first feature. Um, was there a different process for you knowing that you're doing a feature versus a short film? Oof. I mean, yeah, it's not really comparable. It's like, um, oh, how could, uh, like maybe it's like playing versus a high school team and playing versus an NBA team. <laughs> like, like it's, oh man, it's like not even like, I, I can, I can, I can do a short film. I, I've done, I've done a, 15 minute short film for 1500 bucks. Right. And I've gotten into Oscar qualifying film festivals, you know, like a feature film is just like not even comparable to that on any like reasonable spectrum at all. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to compare. <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, you direct yourself, which can always be a challenge for either actors uh, or, or directors. Were you always going to be in this? And, and what was that like for you? Yeah, so I, I, 
can't write movies with me being the character in mind that I want to write about. That's just, that's just my process. Everyone has their own process. Some people write this way. Some people write that way. It's just my process, you know? Um, and I have my brother there and I'll, I'll tell my brother, like when I'm on camera, like I will accept any feedback that you get to me. So it's good to have, kind of have like that person that I can trust in to let me know, like, yeah, that looks stupid, dude. Don't do that again. So he's, he's definitely saved some, some things for sure. So he's like my personal director and then I'm like the, everybody else's director. So it's really nice to have that. And I'm like, my brother's, in my opinion, more, much more talented than myself. So I'm full faith and belief that he was always going to make the right decision to help me out. So, yeah. But it's still very difficult to answer your questions. <laughs> <laughs> what I found really interesting, you know, you mentioned you had your brother there, and this movie is about brotherly love in a way, you know, I, either between um, Chad and Todd or between um, – Robert and and William um how much of your your own relationship with your brother bled into this film at all um well I'm in case you don't know I'm one of eight kids so I think when the movie is about sibling dynamics I mean yeah I have that from every direction you know I'm I'm, I'm one of the middle children uh, so I have younger sisters um, I'm one of uh, three boys, five, sorry, five boys, three girls. I'm the youngest boy. So I'm in younger brothers, but I definitely, I am a younger brother. I'm, I'm more in real life, goofy and funny, like the Todd character. Ironically, that's named after my brother, Todd, who, who actually edited the film. And my character is more like my brother, Todd in real life, who's more quiet and serious. So like kind of like role reverse there because he's my older brother. And, and you know, um, so yeah, I have a lot of family dynamics, and and I just know that, like I said, like I said, and in other places, it's nature versus nurture. Like we all are born a certain way. You're not going to be the same as your brother or sister. You're all going to have your own personality, but like the way you're raised can can really affect you, and 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 how your relationship to your parents are, your siblings. So I think it's cool to dive into that, and I hope that people will will appreciate those kind of more deeper non-thriller elements of the movie i uh i couldn't help but notice that the the brother character shares the same name as your own brother um todd i i imagine that was on purpose oh yeah for sure and chad is is named after my late brother chad so i want to play pay homage to him so yeah all the characters are based on of people <laughs> uh you know what what i found interesting in in some ways i think that the dialogue of this film is very culturally specific and it, it's it's you know it, it's a certain type of vernacular uh how familiar are you with with that way of speaking and where did where did you go to kind of enhance that are you talking about like they really sound like New Yorkers or like kind of like thug New Yorkers? Like yeah, what, yeah. What, well, you know, it's like it, it, are we? What culture are we referring to? It's you know, it's a little bit of like kind of like thug Brooklyn, but then also I noticed between you know Robert and William too, they have a very kind of their own sort of cultural vernacular. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna be honest, man. I I grew up playing basketball with 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 
like a lot of guys from the hood. I'm just going to be honest. Like when I grew up, like, you know, like I was really generally the only white kid on the basketball team wherever I went to play basketball. So I didn't really, you know, like, it's funny. Like you see my movie is super diverse. The only other like white character in the movie is my brother. Cause like, I don't really have many white friends. I just happen to have like a lot of black friends. That's why in the crew, it's me and my brother and two black guys. It was based on two of my friends. Um, and Queens is so diverse. So it just, it just, I just interact with so many different people. Like, and you just try to be true to who they are. And like, and I think thought it was cool because like, I also, I think it was nice with Robert and William that Robert is more like the atypical stiff tight one, but William is kind of like, you know, kind of like professional, but hip. Like he does, he's not such a square, like Robert's a square, but William is kind of cool. I just think it's all around New York, man. I'm just a New York dude. And I just wrote it in a way that felt natural to me. And, you don't you really, you're not really trying to do something when you you live it you know these are my experiences these are the people i know this is you know like of course they're enhanced or they're edited or whatever the case may be but you know these are people you know in your life and you just kind of make them what they are and you know and then you mold them into what you need them to be for your story one of the big plot points concerns bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency um which we're seeing woven a lot more into stories these days. I actually know there was a, a film that came out a couple months ago that would like the entire film was an NFT and it was funded by crypto. Um, oh, wow. But, you know, where, where do you stand on this idea of digital currency as a, a mechanism for ushering us into the future? I mean, like really, I think everything is going digital, you know, like, and, and, and whether, whether Bitcoin or, 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 or any of the cryptos are going to be like that source of income or, 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 or like the new dollar or whatever, I don't really know right now, you know, like, like NFTs are fascinating too. Like I, I for me, I don't necessarily fully see the value in all of them, but like, for instance, like, I had heard someone say something cool, like, imagine if you went to a game, let's say you bought the ticket, the, let's say let's say NBA game tickets were NFTs, and you bought the NFT ticket to go see Kobe Bryant's 82-point game. What would that NFT be worth now? So you bought that ticket, and you're going to actually make money off that ticket because now you could sell that ticket. So just like, whoa, like I didn't even think about it in that way, but it's like, dead, that's true. It's limited. You only made that many because you only have that many seats. It's made for that date. And that's like a fascinating concept. And it's like, that, that never crossed my mind. And it probably never crossed your mind. And it's just like, whoa, there's just people who are so well-versed in these things. It's like, oh, I don't see it right now, but that's what every generation said. Oh, you're not going to fly or you're not going to drive or you're not going to... That's just how we don't know what we can't see yet. So do I think it's going in that direction? Yeah. I mean, for sure. But I just because I made a movie doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not going to give anybody life advice. <laughs> Fair. Um, this film is interesting because I think it, it kind of crosses a, a, a few different styles. How would you, not that, filmmakers necessarily want to be labeled but how would you describe it is it an action film is it a heist is it a thriller is it a morality tale is it all of the above <laughs> um 
I, I think it's a it's a thriller, but with some good like character moments. You know, like there's like seven main characters in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, no, I wouldn't say main characters. But it's like seven like characters who have a reasonable amount of film time, and I'm and I and I try my best to give them all a little bit of a backstory. You know, right? Um, so I hope people appreciate those little quiet moments. You know, if you, if you've seen the movie, you'll know like. I try to sprinkle it. I'm a, I'm a visual guy. So I try to do the best I can to do visual backstories. And um, I hope people will appreciate those kind of those nice, more kind of intimate moments because you know what you get with the thriller stuff, but they don't know that it's that for all they know, it could just be extremely surface level. There's no backstory about anything. And we're just here for a kidnapping. Ooh, yeah, birthday party. And I hope people will appreciate and enjoy those 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 you know um, moments that you could connect with the characters speaking of visuals it, it struck me that most of the film it either takes place at night or when it's indoors it sort of has a, a maybe like darker lighting kind of darker tone how much of of that was was you and your cinematographer sitting down saying hey like let's shoot it this way yeah, so I, I definitely wanted a darker film. You know, like, I, I, once again, I knew from, I knew based off the concept, people were going to expect certain things. They, they, they expect this to be, like I said, uh, oh, kidnapping. No, I, I, like, you know, like, I want them to know, like, I'm, I'm making a gritty film. You know, like, this isn't some hee-hee play around birthday kidnapping. Like, I'm, I'm going to make sure this is legit. This is, these these actions have real-life consequences, and I'm going to make you feel them through the visuals, through the lighting. And, yeah, shout-out to my cinematographer, Reiner Lipsky. Amazing, like, I really, really needed that guy on set. Great energy, just, just a great dude. And shout-out to um, Andrew Francis, uh, the colorist, like, amazing, like, literally colored, like, marvel movies looper hereditary i mean this guy is no joke so i mean when you got a team like that uh, and visuals to me are like so 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 important to have those the guys shooting it and the guy coloring to be that the the, the level that they're at it's just like man i'm i'm blessed for sure it, it's it strikes me that the i guess the the brightest scene if you will is the very last one where sort of, you know, everything comes together. Do you find that that means the film sort of ending on, if not hope, at least these characters now being at peace with themselves and with one another? No, no. I think the movie is a real life ending. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into, I can't, I can't spoil the ending here. Um, so, you know, but I, you know, you know, I, I just think, I thought it was cool for like, man, we can't, I just, <laughs> I don't, I can't, man, you know, you got some crazy questions here. I can't answer that. Anyway, I just like that, that ending to be like that. Cause I just thought for, for, I like sometimes when things go down in broad daylight and, you know, I, I, don't, I almost was about to spoil the <laughs> Um, You know, you, you mentioned how you sort of, you know, grew up playing basketball in, in the streets of Queen. And, you know, there's you and your brother and, you know, the, the two black friends were inspired by people that you knew. But I, you know, I, I guess in terms of the overall style or, 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 or actions of the character, 
how how much of that in the actual story were you able to draw from your own life if any oh for sure especially like the shannon and like the shannon and 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 todd character is pretty much like me and like my basketball teammates especially one of my good friends akeem akeem baird i'm giving him a shout out like those are like the interactions just talking trash and just non-stop bashing each other talking trash it's like that's just that's the basketball new york vibe i mean you come out here you play ball you know what it is if if you're a new yorker who plays ball and you're watching this you know the deal i don't gotta tell it to them they they know they know the vibes how distinct is new york in terms of if not so much a culture, maybe an, an attitude or a way of living compared to the rest of the U.S., you know, compared to the West Coast or New England or the Midwest? I mean, man, New York is just, New York, New York is just an animal, dude. It's like, it's, if you haven't been here, then you don't know. Like, coming to New York is like, it's an experience. Like, just getting in your car and going for a ride is like, it's an aggressive thing. Like people are, you, you need to get over, no one's letting you over into their lane. It's just like, it's not like, like, it's just, it's just people are beeping and just everything about New York. It's just, it's just, it really is a concrete jungle. It's like, if you can make here, you can make anywhere. I mean, yeah. You know, Kanye once said in a song in New York, you got to be rich to be poor there. It's like, dude, it's, it's, it's no joke. You know, it's, it's nothing like anywhere else in the world. And I've been some, to some crazy places for sure. New York City is definitely, um, if you haven't been, like, you have to visit. Everyone in their life should come to New York at least once. Yeah, I, w- I, I was there about oh, six years ago, I guess. And, yeah, I can, uh, I definitely uh, feel that. Yeah. Uh, well, the film is Take the Night, and it will be in theaters on July 8th. And then on demand and digital only four days later on July the 12th. Seth McTeague. Yes, Thanks so much for uh, hopping on today. Yeah, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Good questions. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. That was my conversation with filmmaker Seth McTeague. His film, Take the Night, is in theaters on July 8th and then on demand and digital starting July the 12th. That does it for the show this week. Next week, I'm super excited. I will be talking with journalist Melissa Bond on her memoir, Blood Orange Night, My Journey to the Edge of Madness, which is an account of Bond's accidental and addiction and dependence to prescription benzodiazepine. I am really looking forward to that one, uh, and that will be up on Friday, July the 15th, and then I head out for Scotland on July the 25th so like i said that does it for me this week 
Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.